0: in today's episode of the sixers beat rich and i briefly recap the sixers regular season by going over some of our correct and incorrect preseason predictions we then spend the majority of the podcast previewing the sixers versus nets first round series going over the keys of the series what we're looking out for and finally giving our predictions enjoy the podcast All right. Welcome, everybody. This is Derek Bodner, joined by Rich Hoffman on the Sixers Beat, part of the Athletics Podcast Network. How you doing, Rich? Derek, I'm doing fine. We have real games now. We have. We have games that matter. Yep. It's been a while. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. Best time of the year. Yeah. So the the playoffs get underway here on Saturday. They have a 1 p.m. tip on ESPN in game one. And then they go Monday, Thursday, Saturday, Monday, Thursday, Saturday. Real easy to remember. We don't have times on the final three games, but something that probably only matters to you and I, Woo. we get two Saturday 1 p.m. games, which is fantastic. Hopefully they can wrap things up in Brooklyn there and four on Saturday. Series can be over by like, I don't know, 3.30. Like that would be great. 3.30 on Saturday. Fantastic. I love the schedule. Stretch so, out over two weeks time. If it went the full seven games. If it goes the full seven games and we are at DEFCON 1, because that will be a catastrophe, this should not go. Well, I I guess DEFCON 1 would be losing. Going seven games would be like, I'm still giving it DEF DEFCON 2. That's pretty fucking terrible and you have real issues. I don't think it's going to go into seven games. We'll get into that in a bit, though.
1: I like that you use DEFCON 1, which is the correct usage. I always say DEFCON 5 because it seems like the biggest one, even though that is, of course, just normal. Uh Yes, the early Saturday games on both ends of the, the Philly, New York, Game 1, Game 4, Chef's Kiss, as good as it gets. Also, this was brought up to me by multiple people. If you looked at Barclays Center, there were two concerts scheduled for Thursday yeah. and Saturday. What are they doing? Are they just kicking those people out? Like, I don't know the exact answer for it, but it's, uh, you know, I think it was like Anna Gabriel, I think was the uh, performer's name. And then there was a, it looked like a collective of of rappers, it seemed like they just kicked those people out. That doesn't seem like that's fair or equitable for those people. I will take it because it makes our lives easier and maybe those fans have to purchase things in advance, but anyway, I was very confused by that because I saw the Thursday Saturday schedule in Brooklyn at Barclays Center. I assumed, oh, okay, we're we're going to be Friday Sunday. No, yep. no, no,
0: yep, no, no, no. Uh, so the Sixers, of course, ended up the season with a fifty four and twenty eight record. Uh, the last couple of games, they weren't really trying or prioritize winning. I think that was right around where. We all thought, like, I think I had 56 and 26 with the one seed in the Eastern Conference. I think you also had the one seed in the Eastern Conference. I forget what exact win total you gave them.
1: 55. Yeah.
0: Okay. So we both came up. We both overestimated a little bit. I don't even really care about that because quite frankly, if they wanted to, they could have won 56 games. When you get to the end of the season, it's just a lot of meaningless basketball. (laughs) <laughs> Less meaningless basketball because you've got the play in and some complete crazy shit going on for those. Uh, but there's some meaningless basketball when you're at the top, especially when the Sixers had a third seed locked up pretty, pretty early on. Uh, so that was, I think, about what we were expected. I had them rated as the, or I project them as the third ranked offense, which is exactly where they came in per in glass. I will pat myself on the back. We can give me a statue later. You are I patting them. yourself on the back. I am. Wow, actually I really doing
1: it. Unbelievable.
0: I preseason thought they would have the sixth ranked defense. I was overestimating them a little bit. They came in at 10th. And quite frankly, if Harden and Maxi don't miss all that time there in December, they probably come in lower than that. So I think some things were a little expected, some not. Uh again, I don't remember where you projected them. Did you have the- a little I went a little more uh
1: I-, I didn't give a specific number. I said top five offense. Yeah. Better than the defense. I was right, but in yep. my postseason write-up while patting myself on the back, I also said that it was probably more extreme in each direction, where the offense, when everybody was at full strength, was better than I thought it would be, and the defense was worse than I thought. So that's, I think we're both pretty much in the same spot there.
0: You Also, if you want to revisit Rich's preseason predictions, always a good thing to do so we can figure out where we're stupid. Rich has a lot more interesting takes there that he went back and gave an update on, including one where, uh, you know, he asked, there were going, or he predicted there were going to be a couple of memorable Doc Rivers press conferences.
2: Would you ask Pop that question?
0: There weren't. There really weren't this year. Not uh, really. So that, no. I, guess, I guess good for Doc. Doc. Doc won the regular season.
1: I was thinking about this. His
0: more memorable
1: press conferences, I remember, like, after the Spurs game, game three of the season, when he was like, we're not ready to win yet. And people were pissed about that yeah, one. Yeah, but... But he the Phillies right. were playing game four of the NLCS as that was happening, so
0: and nobody also, cared. And he was right. Like, they weren't ready to win yet. Like, we were watching those games. They were not prepared.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he was using that as a better excuse. I don't know. Whatever. You're right. There were not a... Uh, I, as I wrote in the, the column, not as many Doc Rivers blow-ups. Certainly not as many as, would you ask Pop that question, and Paul Reed Victory Tour, which were... Tour de forces, I would say, by Doc. And I don't think we got any of them this year.
0: There was a couple. Oh, he—he he, uh, last year he called a, a question from Keith a dumbass question, too. So he had he had three of them last year. He called like a good question go. by Keith, a dumb yeah, question. a yeah. fair question. Uh, none of that this year. Other than that, Rich has some thoughts on Tobias Harris having a major leap in his three-point percentage. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that one was uh, wrong. And,
0: and being <laughs> having his most efficient scoring season, good job on you. Uh, and a whole bunch of other predictions that Rich had. You can go back and look at them.
1: But look, the thing with Joel, you could have said anything was his best uh, season ever, basically. like I mean, maybe not his best defensive season ever, but you could really have said anything positive about him offensively, and he did it. And I guess that leads into... uh, In a couple
0: weeks, we'll get his MVP award for it.
1: Yes, he will. As the votes have trickled in, I'm not John King. I am not Steve Kornacki. It's looking
0: good. It's looking good
1: but just looking at the spreadsheet that the NBA Reddit guys are putting up there. I, uh, I'm turning into who's the other guy. Oh, uh, redistrict, Dave Wasserman. I would much rather be Joel Embiid than Nikola Jokic or Giannis Antetokounmpo. As far as the MVP race is concerned. I don't know who I'd rather be amongst the three of them. I don't think they all seem great, but if they want to win the MVP, which Joel is on record in saying it's bullshit that they don't care. Uh, I would much rather be him because he looks like he's going to win perhaps by a lot.
0: Yep. No, it's looking real good. And a lot of the, the track votes right now are from the national media. So you still have a lot to come in from the local media who maybe hasn't publicized all of their votes yet. But last year it was the national media who basically cost them the awards for all of them to come in very strongly. And even from the ringer don't have it in front of me, but I think like there must've been four and votes from the ringer. I forget exactly who, but he's got a good, uh, Good early returns from the national media, for sure. Simmons
1: and Rossillo not the boogeyman anymore. Yeah. They yep. they both voted for him. Zach Lowe voted for him. Yep. I believe Dan Devine voted for, you know, just yep. a ton of people. I, I think he's going to win. I think John Hollinger doesn't have a vote, but he voted for him. You know, so so most of the national people, I think, are on board the uh, Joel train, which is great to see. I would be, uh, I'm still unclear. I guess, you know, I'm a reporter. I should be able to look this up. They do announce it during the playoffs now, right? They, they, they've gone away from these NBA awards, right? Yeah. Yeah. Remember a couple of years ago? they No, they had, had the, the, yeah. But the, the best show. part is that when you win the MVP and they announce it in the middle of the playoffs, you get to accept it on your home court. That was like when Iverson did that, the place was rocking. I think it was game five of the Raptors series. Hopefully Joel gets his chance to do that. I don't know. Game three, game four of the Boston series, hopefully, if he gets it that way. Because that is a special moment, if that happens.
0: They announced it last year on May 11th. Okay, yeah, so that's, yeah, it's like midway through. Second round. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Would that be conference finals? It would be right around the end of the second round. Somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. Uh, Yeah, so we should should get that in a a couple of weeks. All right, Uh, so I guess we should move on to previewing the series. That mm. we have coming up here in a couple of days might only last a couple of days longer than that. That might come back to bite me, but I <laughs> doubt it. And quite frankly, again, if it does, then we have bigger issues than I told you so.
1: So, so let me start with this one because you sound like you're, you're there already. How much does this feel like the Toronto series last
0: year? I mean, I think they're worse than Toronto. At least Toronto, like Toronto used to play you tough. You used to be like scared of that defense. I don't. There's not a whole lot, but yeah, like in terms of like the way they're built and the way they play feels a little bit like that, but they've been together. So like Toronto had a cohesion and everyone knew what they were trying to do and it could get the most out of the scheme. I'm not sure. I see that when I watch these guys, which is no fault of anyone on that team. They've been together for like a cup of coffee. Um, But you know, in terms of long rangey forwards with some shooting, And maybe not the most natural shot creators. Yeah, there's some similarities for sure.
1: I think they are worse than Toronto. I think uh, when you look at their stats, pull it up from February 10th, which is the day before Mikael Bridges played the Sixers, to today. They are 12 and 15. They are minus 2.0 net rating. They are uh, 23rd on offense, 16 on defense, so they're bad on both ends of the floor. It's, uh, it's on paper, it should be an easy matchup. I guess the reason I brought up Toronto is because the one thing that everybody will bring up, and it's true, is that they have a lot of wings, and they have a lot of switchability, and that seems like the, the one similarity. And I, I guess, to your point, Toronto has always played the Sixers tough. This version of the Nets has played the Sixers one time ever in their first game. So, so much is unknown from that standpoint.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is exceptionally weird because they played them twice during that time frame that you mentioned. The first one was back on February 11th, the day after the trade. And then the last one was the final game of the regular season when nobody played anybody. So you really have almost no information to go on. Um, it is an exceptionally strange matchup in that regard. Uh, I don't know if I've ever gone into a playoff series with less information than we have now. I'm also not sure I necessarily need all that much information to say the Sixers are a much better team. Much better team. And you start looking at you know, some of the numbers from that point. Since the trade, you've got Bridges. All right, Bridges averaging 26 per game on pretty good efficiency. Cam Johnson can get shots up. Those two get three pointers up, but outside of that, you just don't know where the scoring is going to come from. But yeah, Cam Thomas off the bench. Is that what you're worried about? Like Spencer he not, Dinwiddie,
1: he might not play in the series.
0: Yeah, and we'll Spencer see. Dinwiddie, he he can he's grown into a <laughs> passing role, but like his efficiency got awful. I have no idea how this team. Is going to score enough points to beat Joel Embiid, James Harden, and Tyrese Maxey. I have no idea.
1: I think that's a fair way to put it. I, I completely agree with you. I am going to salute your professionalism, though, for not calling him Bin <laughs> Shitty <laughs> yeah. Island.
0: I saw that.
1: <laughs> that was one where, and if nobody knows the context, Kyle Kuzma had like a seven-tweet thread that was yeah. just... Ugh. God, was it mean to Spencer Dinwiddie. And it was one where I was wondering, <laughs> where is like the genesis of this? Why why are yeah. you coming out of the woodwork to kill him? Spencer Dinwiddie, I guess earlier today, seemed like he gave an interview to Vanduul, I believe. I, I believe yeah. Michelle Beadle was involved with that one. I didn't watch the whole thing, but it was a complete ether to the point where Kyle Kuzma game one bell ringer. Because at the end of this thread,
0: <laughs> he said, go Sixers. Okay, I only saw the Din Shitty tweet. I legitimately didn't even read the rest of the thread. Din
1: Shitty is so good; (laughs) it's just stupid enough, but also harmless and funny. (laughs) Yeah, that it's a good one. Uh, I agree with you. I I just don't know where they are getting the uh, the scoring, and you know, as we mentioned, they really only played one game that you can draw any conclusions. Their main offense to me was two things. It was a lot of like Mikhail Bridges, side pick and rolls, very yep. simple stuff. Yep. I'm sure they have more things built in again. It was their first game. It would be understandable if they're pretty basic because as Brett Brown used to say, you know, we're, we're going to stick the vanilla, a lot of vanilla. Yep, We don't have any continuity or anything like that. It was that. And it was transition. And, and to me, It's like you're saying, the Sixers are are more talented than this team. I don't think these guys are going to score more than them. To me, this is like really basic. It's like those first two games against Toronto, Embiid was shot out of a cannon. Maxie was shot out of a cannon. The Sixers, as we know, are not like the the most try-hard team in the regular season on a consistent basis. And watching that game back, now it was the second night of a back-to-back. They had a a pretty emotional come-from-behind game against the Knicks the night before.
0: They weren't trying that hard for a lot yeah. of the game. When they did try, Brooklyn couldn't do shit in the fourth quarter. And to me, that's the whole game
1: here. It's, is Joel going to bring that level of effort? Is he going to sprint down the floor and post Claxton's skinny butt up and get easy touches? Is, you know, how how is Harden going to look? Obviously, we can get into that in a sec. But if they bring the requisite level of effort, if their transition defense isn't terrible, because the Nets got a million open threes in that game off of transition. Didn't make a lot. Sixers got pretty lucky in uh, in that regard. If they can just limit the Nets into like a half-court offensive team, yeah. yep. feels like it should be a four or five-gamer.
0: Yeah. No, transition is definitely a key uh, just because the Sixers can get caught both in terms of sloppy passes, especially against against length, which Brooklyn does have, and in poor effort and execution getting back in transition, you would expect... There won't be very many, if any, games with a regular season effort level. Maybe they fall asleep once in, like, game three or something and, you know, whatever. Um, But if they come out with the requisite effort, limit it to a half-court game, I just don't think there's any chance that Brooklyn has. And when you look at it, there's really only one guy that you really worry about his scoring in Bridges. He's a negative passer for a top option. Like, there's a lot of, of looks, a lot of dishes that he... Does not make a lot of passes he does not make. Cam Johnson's a negative passer for his position. So, like, there's just not, I don't see any real great way for them to create a lot of offense uh, against a really locked-in defense. And they're going to have to, look, Sixers, no matter what they do, are not a great defensive squad. Even if they take away some of the slim pickings uh, and low-hanging fruit. But there you had like Brooklyn's going to have to be great on offense to beat what should be a pretty good Sixers offense. And I just I don't see any way for them to do that more than once. Like, yeah, there might be a game where they shoot the lights out or a game where the Sixers, some of their worst habits creep up. But like outside of that, I just I if they if they lose more than one game here, you're pretty concerned. See, Mikhail
1: Bridges, I, I was looking at his cleaning the glass numbers, is shooting 50 percent from the mid range. Yep. Since going to Brooklyn, small sample, thirty eight percent from three. Um, not a guy that I think is going to get to the rim a ton against the Sixers. Yep. And I think part of that is that Nick Claxton, really good player, I mean, really good. Is might be strong, but but a, certainly a very talented switch center. He's made some real improvements this year. He is drawing dead, man. He is completely drawing dead in this matchup because yep. not only. Is he not big enough to handle Embiid on the defensive end? He can't shoot. So Embiid can help out the other guys. You know, I know he's a good role guy, but... You know, so, so I guess my question is, when they run those Bridges pick and rolls, they, they probably can afford to do a couple of things. They probably can afford to let P.J. I'm assuming P.J. gets the first shot at him. Would not be surprised to see Tobias get a crack at him as well. Maybe a little Jalen McDaniels. Like, they can let him get into the mid-range where... I think against PJ, he can get some tough shots off. Like he can, you know, he has the footwork. He has the step back, sidesteps and the high release point to be able to get open shots against him. But if he makes a couple of those, like, I don't think it's a risk for Joel to say, let's, we don't have to trap him," but like, you're not walking into those mid-range jumpers.
0: Well, and also, so one thing I, I, I noticed when I was, you know, researching for both this podcast and the articles, the preview articles, when Bridges, ball handling, pick and roll, and defense traps, his shooting percentage drops from 47% to 42%, his field goal percentage. His turnover rate more than doubles from 11.1% to 27.4%. Now, you would expect that to be true for most ball handlers, for it to efficiency to drop, your turnovers to go up, but not that much, not almost a three times increase in turnover rate. And that just goes to show like he's a little bit, as great as he has been, and I think he's been fantastic. He's a little bit outside of his depth as a primary offensive initiator. He should be a secondary kind of guy. It's not so much a knock on him as it is just they don't have a better score than him. And I think when you're talking about playing at this level, that is eventually going to come back to bite them. And not necessarily bite them because they didn't make that trade thinking they are going to go to the NBA Finals this year. It's just they're not ready yet in their team building. And I think that should show up pretty quickly here. Yeah. And to yeah. your point with switching, too, like, yeah, that, that's a real strength on defense is they can switch. That might cause some problems for Harden and Maxi and whatnot. But, like, okay, then just put Joe in the ball screen. You can't switch that. Like, that's not happening. Yeah, they, they did some switching and then they would, like,
1: scram, you know, Cam Johnson out or, or whoever. But I, I think they're going to switch everything, first off. That, that's oh,
0: the sure. P- but the six should, they, they should have stuff they can go to to punish that.
1: I, I agree, um, and I think they're going to double pretty much every Joel touch,
0: mm-hmm.
1: whether that is an and that that happened in that game. Whether it's an elbow touch, a lot of like doubling from the other elbow when he gets it on the elbow, and they posted him a decent amount, and that always came from the top. And so for me, the, the question here, and, and I think this is kind of lends into is this going to be like an easy five game or four game series or like they're going to have to scratch and claw? I am not worried about how Joel handles those doubles. I am worried about how the other four guys handle the double. He is going to give you an advantage every single time. And in that game, and look, it was a regular season game when the scouting report, when, when you're focused on one team, scouting report is, is just on their rotations and those things. I expect the Sixers to be better. They looked dis- disorganized a decent amount. Um, PJ didn't know where to stand. Uh, I thought James was in- indecisive on some plays. Tobias, I think he was one for nine in that game. Mm-hmm. Can those other four guys take advantage of a scrambling defense? Because you're going to get them scrambling pretty much every time. Yep. They are willingly going to double to just get the ball out of Joel's hands. How do they deal with it? Um And so like, I kind of think, as much as I don't – or I kind of worry about him in the latter rounds of the playoffs, I think George Niang might be somebody who can play in this series. Yep. One, because you mentioned there are like three guys you have to worry on the other end. There are hiding spots. You can put George on Dorian Finney-Smith, and I think you'll be okay. You can put George on Utah if they play him. Uh, you know, there are other guys. Claxton, Claxton even. I mean, the rebounding might be a little tough there. Whatever. There are – Cam Johnson, even like I'm not even sure I'd be well, too worried. I mean, they're though- defending the perimeter, huh? No, no. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, you know, the, the Sixers are on a couple of those possessions, like if George is in, inbounding the ball to or entering the ball to Embiid, they're doubling from the top. That's a wide open three every yeah. time. I I trust George to kind of make good decisions. Absolutely. And with with yeah. those advantages, he might be one of their best players. So anyway, uh, that's not even like a big George needs to play a ton of minutes in this series. It's just that you need to do the things well that he is typically good at. And I, I think Tobias is capable of it. It's not always very consistent with it. I think Tyrese is certainly capable of it. Harden's got to take some catch and shoots. But but those advantages are going to be there for you. As much as we're going to hear, oh, man, these, these wings are going to put the Sixers in hell. They have nothing for Joel except, oh, my God, get the ball out of your hands. Yeah. And even yeah. when they double, sometimes he's probably going to score on that anyway. So that's, uh, I guess that's the other issue too. Like they're, they're going to struggle scoring and as good as they are defensively and as much trouble as maybe they'll give Harden, maybe they'll give Maxi. Joel is a cheat code against them. Over under Joe 5.5 assists. Per game?
2: Yeah.
1: It's probably right around that number. I, I bet you it's, more threes are created than that number is tough with Joe because I I think this team rotates well enough and and is long enough where it's not gonna be the first pass, maybe the first pass they get to, but, and look, that's on doc. Like their spacing needs to be on point. They need to cut. Team should not be able to double Joel with how he's going to get rid of the ball at the right time. Like it's on the other four guys. Come on. You're playing four on three. You're the best shooting team in the NBA. Come on. Like make them pay for that.
0: I think you're a hundred percent on point with George. This could be a, a series where George plays more than say Jalen McDaniels yeah, and that could cause people panic because in the next series that absolutely cannot be true. Nope. Do- I, I'm, I'm going to give a for that here. I think he's going to pivot when he needs a pivot, but I think you're right. This is a, a big series for George because the biggest way to take away their one real scheme to slow down Joel Embiid is to just make shots and George for all of his faults, which I feel like we've been talking about nonstop for the last two months, he will take that freaking shot. He will take that open shot. And if he's making his normal percentage, he's going to be very, very valuable and very important in this series. Uh, And, you know, er everyone else, too. Like, PJ, please, please, please take those shots. Just take those shots. Please, please.
1: (laughs) And that was in his you know, unwilling phase, which obviously I shouldn't call it a phase. I should call it his his state (laughs) of mind of the season. Yeah. Yeah.
2: The Boston game was his willing phase,
0: right? Hey, playoff PJ. Well, uh, we'll see.
2: As you all know, by now we've teamed up with bet MGM this season. We'll be using the bet MGM lines to make all our picks. And we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for bet MGM yet, 21 plus to wager. Visit MGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem Call 1 800 Gambler in Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana. Nevada and New York. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use the bonus code TA Basketball and you'll get a one-year subscription to the Athletic plus up to a $1,000 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: We'll see. We we will
0: see. Uh what, what do you make of Harden and this matchup? Tell me how Harden looks physically. <laughs> uh, I have no I have no idea. I have no idea. And I think if I was, you know, I was trying to think of this and I don't want to get to my prediction yet, because we'll do that at the end of the podcast, but like trying to give him a percentage chance, and I was probably coming around somewhere in the 80 to 85%, probably more like 85% chance. If Harden looked like he looked for most of January, February, and early March, it would be 90, 95%. If Harden looks like he did against Chicago, it might be still probably like 80%, but like he can swing this in a pretty big way he could struggle in this series for sure. Uh, you know, they have enough length. Like you said, they rotate and, and, and cover ground well enough, but if he's playing well, he's going to find those passes too. Uh, I think he's, you know, tell me, tell me what the burst looks like. Tell me what the setbacks look, looks like. Uh, and I'll give you a, a better answer.
1: And I would also say,
0: look, I, I think they
1: have pretty good personnel for him defensively, but they're pretty much always going to play one guy. Who he can hunt, and it's like, let's be smart. If you're the Sixers, be smart on who you're attacking here. Like, yeah, he's gonna start off with Finney Smith or Bridges on him. It was Bridges in the last game, which, you know, that could be kind of a bitch for Bridges to play an entire game and also be a 27 point per game guy. To have to be, yep, um, the main source of offense. Get Seth Curry on him. Get Joe Harris on him. Yep. Get Spencer Dinwiddie on him. And I, I same, think even there's a chance that his burst isn't where it needs to be for the Sixers to make a deep run. He could still cook those guys. Yep.
0: And, and same thing that, with Maxie. Like, I was on the radio a couple days ago, and they were like, well, why is why is Boston always such a tough matchup for Maxie? And it's like, because they don't really have any weak spots to hunt. Like, you go back to the playoff series against Miami last year, Maxi could hunt. There's no one on Boston to hunt. There's, there's people on Brooklyn to hunt. As good of a defensive squad as they are, as good of a defensive squad as their starting lineup is, they will find people to attack for sure. Speaking of Miami,
1: can we, can we pour out a, <laughs> pour out a glass for everybody who was freaking out about having to match up with them well, on the first we, round of the playoffs? We
0: tried to warn you that they were a garbage offense. We tried to warn you.
1: And we also tried to warn you that there was no chance mathematically that the Sixers were going to play them. And guess what? The next night, both things happened. that the Sixers yeah. need. Like <laughs> they only needed one thing to happen. Miami didn't even try and if they would have tried, they probably would have lost because they stink and their offense is bad. And they just lost to the Hawks, who just lost to the Sixers G League team. Yep. So.
0: Yep. Nope, they beat the Sixers and they lost to the Wizards and the Hawks. Tough. Tough. So, I, you know, I, I think if you're Brooklyn,
1: though, probably got to attack Maxi as much as possible. Like, I, I, if I were them, I would not be running pick and rolls at Joel. I would be running pick and rolls at yeah. Tyrese. And, you know, I I guess like how the Sixers would start with their, the Nets normal starting lineup is Dinwiddie, Bridges, Finney Smith, Johnson, Claxton. Pretty clear to me that Maxie's going to play Dinwiddie to start. And I I think you have to try and pick on that as much as possible because I don't, I don't know, man. I, I think playoff Joel and locked in Joel, I think. Not only that, but, but a good defensive matchup for him where he's not going to have to guard all the way out to the three point line. It's, uh, I think that's their best shot because it's, you know, Harden is going to guard Finney Smith too.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. Like Joel, having someone he can help off of and roam off of like, that's, especially when you're talking about a couple of big forwards who probably weren't going to get to the the rim all that much. Anyway, you add in the fact that Joel is going to be able to patrol the rim more than he will in other series. They're gonna have to make a lot of pull-up jumpers, a lot of threes, which they take a decent amount of threes. They don't make a whole lot of them. They're not a terrible three-point shooting team, but they're not they're not an elite three-point shooting team. They would just have there's there would have to be so much shooting luck and shooting variance for them to pull off more than one game. I just don't see it happening. Because I don't see them getting the foul line. I don't see them really getting the rim. I don't see them really killing as much some teams might kill a 6 on the glass. I don't see them killing sixers on the glass. Like I think they were just going to have to make a lot of shots and get out in transition.
1: Yeah. Uh, what do you think Doc is going to do bench-wise? Because in the Toronto series last year, we saw kitchen sink pretty much right away. And that's why the game back in February is just completely useless also because Maxi was still coming off the bench back then. yeah, And they were running basically all bench lineups with Maxi as the, the lone quote-unquote starter, even though it was an all bench lineup. That's not happening this time. So I I just kind of wonder, like, are they, are they going to go with the Harden? Maxi, Tobias. Look, maybe that, maybe the kitchen sink does not involve PJ this time. Maybe it involves McDaniels and Melton or the other two. Wait, wait, sorry, sorry. Not McDaniels and Melton McDaniels or one of those two and Reed would be the other one. So I'm just curious how they go with that.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm curious too. I do think you're going to probably see, a lot of I don't want to say regular season rotations, but I think you're gonna see some hard and lead bench lineups like he had there. I think he was, you know, trial ballooning that during the end of the regular season. That will shrink a little bit in the later rounds, but against this one I think you could see it. And I think they could have some success too.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you know, if if you go to that switch everything approach, I don't you know, is Cam Thomas gonna be the guy who if he plays, like is he gonna be the one that that beats you on those ISOs? It's like yeah, he's a very impressive scorer. He takes the hardest shots I've ever seen in my life that somehow go in. Uh but if if he plays, then I mean it's like he's guarding every single part and ball screen <laughs> on the yep. other end. So yep. uh you know, I, I feel pretty confident if I if I'm the Sixers in this one. Now they can't feel confident in that because if they let their bad habits come in and don't try, that's how it becomes a closer game because I'll say this: the the one thing about this Nets team, they're not going to give like a poor effort. Yeah, they're not going to screw around. Like Jock Vaughn, like clearly likes coaching this team more than the (laughs) the Kevin Durant led team. I think he's done a really good job this year. I think uh, you know, coach of the year is a hard award, but considering they won like every game when Durant was healthy, and the fact that he was able to hold the fort and just get these guys across the line to the playoffs, I think is. He's pretty good. He should be their coach for a while here. Uh so they're gonna play hard and they're gonna, you know, be active and switch everything, but I think it just comes down to I don't trust their uh their scoring, their offensive firepower against the Sixers, which is something we've seen a lot in these first round playoff series. It's the second round where the team has the offensive firepower plus the defensive versatility to give the Sixers issues. And that'll be the case again this year, probably, but uh not not
0: this one. Sometimes. Sometimes they can lose the flawed teams in the second round too. Sure. Uh, all right. So I guess let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up with. Give me your prediction, in games, and and the one sort of key thing that we haven't talked about that you're looking for. That we haven't talked about. It's just uh, something new. I don't know. Like what? What is Ben Simmons wearing on the sidelines? Uh, look, uh, we talked about that at practice today. I'm curious. Curious.
1: See, see, if I were him, I said this at practice too. I would go the other way. I would, if you have to sit on the bench, I'd get one of the Nets quarter zip coaches, like, sure. I, and I would, I would blend in with them.
0: But you're a quarter zip guy anyway. That's just going to your default uniform.
1: Yeah, I do love a good quarter zip. I think I'd like to be a coach just because I think those quarter zips are very nice. I yeah, wouldn't I like anything know. else about being a coach.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of hours and a lot of pressure. I mean, just to wear a quarter at zip the top to work. levels, I would. We like wear like the work anyway. That's true. That's
1: but, true. You know, th- there is a little bit of uh, of grinding and uh, and work that needs bit. to be done yeah. to get to that level. I mean, when I say a little bit, I mean a lot of. Well,
0: bit. especially because I mean, you you just wrote about hustle. Like you know this intimately, the amount of work that goes in. Yeah. After you're reporting on a, a fake basketball scout. <laughs>
1: uh, so anyway, the pick. I think the Sixers are going to win in five games. I was tempted to say four. Uh, I think for some reason, have they swept anybody ever? That's a good I question. I just feel like the Sixers don't have the mental focus to finish a team in in four. For for better or worse, Like they, they typically win these in five. Last year, they actually let it go to six. I think they're better. I think it'll be a fairly comfortable five. Uh, but I imagine one of those Brooklyn games, they'll screw around. I mean, it, it would be funny if they, uh, if they ran back the 2019 Brooklyn series and they, they did the douchebag sweep all over again, which you lose the first game by, and I wouldn't say just lose the first game. They got their ass kicked in that first game. Yeah. And the rest of that series was ugly, man. They won by like 30 a couple times. They won a game in Brooklyn by a lot without Embiid. That was the douchiest of douchebag sweeps. Uh, So, yeah, as far as, like, what to look for in this series, um, you know, I'm curious to see how far Joel goes for the basket. Like, how much, because I think that's something we're going to have to see in the Boston series. And I mean that defensively. Like, how much switching does he do? How, uh, you know, how much energy will he expend? Because here's the other thing, Derek. I think this series matters for the rest of the playoffs here. This needs to be quick for the Sixers. It needs to be relatively painless. Because guess what? I don't think Boston is dropping too many games against Atlanta. Now, by the way, I don't think they were dropping too many games against Miami either, as much as everybody's like, oh, man, that would have been a fight. They would have made them work for it. No, I think they would have killed Miami too. Uh, But for the Sixers, when your two best players are Joel Embiid, who, as we think right now is healthy to avoid the fluke injury. And James Harden, who we don't know if he's help, healthy, they need as few miles as possible yep. in this series. So it would really behoove them. They, uh, like you said, it would, it'd be nice for them to be done on that Saturday, be, be back in their beds in Philadelphia. I mean, they don't even need to be in their beds and go out to dinner in Philadelphia, go out to a late lunch in Philadelphia. They'd be back so soon with that wonderful schedule we got blessed by with that series wrapped up. But if not that, okay. That Monday game, make it a beat down. That's okay. it. Don't go to Brooklyn again. They need to do that because guess what? Their next series is going to be really freaking hard.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, if you can, if you can play four games over a three week stretch, that would be just money for a team that could use a little bit of rest. I went back and I looked at it. Uh, the last time the Sixers swept one was 1991 they swept the Milwaukee bucks. Uh, after that, you have to go back to, um, to 1984, 85. So it's
1: I remember that one. Well, I was, I was <laughs> less than a year old <laughs> uh, watching every yeah. second while drooling all over myself.
0: So it has happened once since Moses Malone to answer your question,
1: which is the right way to put it.
0: It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm same with you. I'm picking five. I, I want to pick four, but I feel like an asshole if I pick four. So I'm going to say five. I certainly think there's a chance it could be four. You could probably argue it should be four, but I'm also with you where there's just one day where they're going to let their foot off the gas and it's just some of their bad habits are going to show. And we'll probably panic. And rightfully so. Cause at this stage of the game, you can't let some of those habits creep in, but I don't think it's It's enough where it's, you know, they're going to let Brooklyn back in the series. Uh, So I'm going to pick the gentleman's sweep as well. And now you can yell at us if it gets more stressful than that. Well, yeah, if we do the
1: post-game pod after game one, which again, we'll have time for because (laughs) I I cannot stress enough what a schedule we have been (laughs) gifted with. It's all about us, people. It's not about the Sixers. It's about us. Of course it is.
0: I would love to do a pod right from the Wells Fargo Center, but every time we tried that in the past, like there's people walking around with pots and pans. We try every room in the building, we could not find a quiet room to to uh, podcast from, so we bailed on that.
1: It would be nice if the Sixers got a new arena, which is a politically fraught topic right now, it as is. we speak.
0: Did you see the Schaller versus Eskin Twitter war?
1: I did. I did. They'll they'll let. The reporters and other people talk shit on their team, but they, their arena plans, uh-uh, uh-uh, yeah. no, don't you dare do that. Uh, well, so, yeah. so we'll see. If they do have a new arena, it would be nice to have a room that didn't involve, like you said, the most pots and pans in the world <laughs> right. being banged after every game, which is every room in the Wells Fargo Center. It's, it's really remarkable.
0: Hold on, hold on, hold on. That was not actually it, but Keith Pompey did a podcast from there not too long ago, and not I want to say it was probably, like, beginning of the year, maybe, and it sounded like the pots and pans sounded like, I mean, it sounded like shots were being fired, and- I mean- I, I just saw people like legitimately worried, like, oh my God, where is Keith shooting, like taping this podcast from? And I've never empathized with Keith more because we have tried. And I, I kid you not, like Rich and I have tried every room we could find in that godforsaken place. And uh, there's not a quiet room in there. You can't do it. Can't
1: do it. And it, it does sound like you are being shot at sometimes.
0: Too. <laughs> it does. It does. Those were, That was not actually audio from the Keith, uh, Keith thing, but I, I, for some reason, anyway, it doesn't matter uh but we will be podcasting about those games pretty soon uh it is coming up pretty quickly saturday one at one just brilliant all right anyway uh thank you (laughs) rich for jumping on and we will talk to you soon see you man